it comes but once a year each tick of the clock the time draws near when there'll be hope for every team in the national football league Kuiper and Box Bump pave the way, predicting the name Kamish would say. Drastics watching every day. For the prospects world they play. Galaxy rankings, boxing trains. From Mobile to Indy displays, seven rounds of fun. Whether it's Mr. Irrelevant or number one. It's the countdown to the NFL Draft. Welcome to the DC Podcast brought to you by DraftCountdown.com. I'm Scott Wright, and in this episode, I'm going to be talking about day one of the 2016 Senior Bowl week and talk about some of my thoughts on the standouts from the, the first practices for both the North and the South squads. So let's start with the North because they have a player I think everybody was kind of eager to see, uh, North Dakota State quarterback Carson Wentz, uh, who I, I think has as much buzz going into the Senior Bowl week as, as maybe any prospect I can remember. And uh wasn't a super flashy first day for him, but is already kind of emerged as the most talented quarterback in, in Mobile, and that's not a surprise. I think it was pretty obvious that, that he was going to be the top prospect at that position. Uh, but one thing I think that bodes well for him is he struggled a little bit at the very beginning, but then he got comfortable, settled in, and I think that's significant because for the most part, I think over the years, from my experience, small school guys have struggled a little bit in the early going to kind of get their footing. Uh, I can vividly remember Joe Flacco, his first practice. He was just spraying the ball all over the field, trying to show off his big arm. And, and then he performed better later in the week. So I think the fact that Wentz came out and, and had a solid day right out of the gate probably bodes well for, for what's to come the rest of this week, and he should only continue to improve. Continuing with the North squad, uh, let's talk about Braxton Miller, wide receiver from Ohio State. I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, I had him in my initial rankings as my fifth-ranked wide receiver, and that's with the underclassmen included. Uh, I have him at number 34 overall uh, in in my top overall rankings. I'm just a big fan. Uh, and, And I remember his very first game at wide receiver against Virginia Tech. Of course, he came out of the gate extremely strong against the Hokies and and had a big game. But I remember being struck by just how natural and comfortable he looked at the wide receiver position. And and I I truly think this is a case of a a wide receiver who used to play a little quarterback more so than a quarterback who's playing wide receiver now. Uh, Braxton Miller is a wide receiver and a lot more polished than you'd expect. And I'm glad he made that move, made that transition prior to his senior campaign. Uh, I think that gave him a huge jump start on the process, and I think it's paying off. Uh, down in Mobile, he looks like a polished receiver. He's running good routes. Uh, he's an amazing athlete. We know that. That's nobody, no surprise. Um, came in well uh, in terms of the measurements. Uh, measured in at 6'1 and 3 eighths, 204 pounds, so good size. Uh, I really like Braxton Miller. To me, he's a top 50 talent all day long, and I have a feeling that's going to be the consensus uh, sooner rather than later. On the other side of the ball, I'm going to mention a couple players along the defensive line. And the first is Jihad Ward, a defensive lineman out of Illinois. And I say defensive lineman because he could uh, project either end or tackle, depending on what scheme you are talking about. Uh, Ward measured in uh, a, a jumbo athlete. He's 6'5 and 8, 296 pounds, but moves really well. And... There, I remember prior to his senior season, 
there there was whispers that maybe Jihad Ward could be a day two pick. Maybe he's a top 100 type of talent. And and you could see where people were coming from. Unfortunately, did not have a, a great senior campaign. And uh, I think at this point probably has an underachiever label to a certain degree. But I think he came out at the senior bowl, at least on day one, and and, and did a good did a, a solid job of, of trying to just, to change that opinion of him. Um and and the fact that he can play DN, he can play tackle, he can play in a four three, he can play in a three four, I, I think that's gonna work in his favor and give him uh, give him options on draft day. Now it's gonna be important to see if he can continue throughout the week. Uh this is just one practice and consistency has been the concern with Ward. There's always been flashes, it's just getting him to play to that level consistently. But uh, uh a very good start and uh uh, maybe a boomer bust type of player, but at least on the first day of practices, it was more boom with Jihad Ward. And then the last guy in the North I wanted to mention uh, is Matt Ioannidis, the defensive tackle out of Temple, who who really played up all up and down the line for Temple, and probably wasn't on the watch list for for guys people were excited to see coming in the week. Uh, I think he has a reputation as, as kind of a try hard overachiever. Not necessarily the most physically talented guy on the field, but I'll tell you what he is. Always the most tough, the toughest guy on the field. Uh, there's never a question about that. His motor is always going 100%, uh, and he's fun to watch, and to the point where there were even some of his teammates who were taking notice of his effort and his performance uh, in the first day of practice. Now, I don't know that he's going to shoot up draft boards. I think probably not. I think his upside's at least in terms of rounds, is going to be limited due to maybe a lack of flash and overall upside. Not to mention, defensive tackle is one of the strongest positions in this entire class. But at the same time, boy, early day three, I think somebody's going to get a really, really good football player and uh, a good value for their pick. Let's move over to the south side. And and maybe the, the standard of the day when you combine both squads was Sheldon Rankins, the defensive lineman from Louisville. And this is another case where I say defensive lineman because it could be N, could be tackle, depending on the scheme. But uh, Rankins uh, came in at a, 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 just a, a little over uh, six feet tall. He's 6'1 and 5'8", 304 pounds. Just an explosive player along the defensive line. I think that's probably the, the, the number one word. If you had to describe Rankins in one word, explosive. He has that quickness. He has the burst. Uh, and, and then when you, you add into that mix uh, a really – nice array of pass rush moves and counters. He's a handful. Uh, you, you felt sorry for blockers trying to contend with him at some time. In fact, there's a, I believe it's on, it was on Twitter. I saw a clip somebody posted of uh, Rankins going against Michigan center Graham Glasgow, who's, who's having a, a really nice pre-draft season so far, had an outstanding performance at the East West Shrine game that earned him an invite to the senior bowl. Uh, maybe one of the top handful of players at his position, Rankins just absolutely abused him. So uh, Rankins, when I was doing my initial rankings in mock draft, I thought about putting him in the first round. I, 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 in hindsight, I probably should have. I, I slotted him just outside uh, in the top 50, but um, I, I think he's uh, already made a very strong case for why he should be a first-round pick. And if I were doing a new mock draft right now, I probably would have him in the first frame. So good, good start to the week for Sheldon Rankins. and A fun player to watch, too. I think that's one thing that stands out about him is go go watch some game film on Sheldon Rankins and just uh, kind of like a Tasmanian devil out there with his activity and his effort and uh, along with the physical tools. 
another player along the defensive line who stood out for the South was Bronson Kafusi, uh, defensive end out of BYU. And this is another versatile player, gives a lot of options, and, and definitely looks the part. I mean, th- this is a guy you want getting off the bus first because he's going to intimidate the other team. He's 6'6 and 5'8", 281 pounds. He's got long arms, but he's a good enough athlete that he was able to drop back in coverage at times for the Cougars. And I think it's important to note, too, that 281 pounds, that is up. I believe he was in the low 250s when he was measured last spring. So he's showing the ability to, to pack some extra bulk onto that, that large frame of his. And, and there again, options. Is he a 4-3 defensive end? Is he a 3-4 defensive end? Is he even a 3-4 outside linebacker, potentially? I think all of those things are in the cards. And, and I think I'm as guilty as anybody of, of maybe underrating Kafusi a little bit coming into the week. Uh, because it's not like he's just a workout warrior either. For his college career, he had 44 tackles for a loss and 26 and a half sacks, including 31 and a half and 18 respectively the last two seasons. So I, I think when you look at the physical tools, the production, and the fact that teams are always looking for pass rushers, that's always a need for every team almost. I think he's going to come off the board earlier than we thought, and and I think day two it could be a legitimate possibility, especially if he works out as well as. Uh, we think he's going to. And then one other player I wanted to mention for the, mention for the South on the offensive side of the ball is Malcolm Mitchell, the wide receiver from Georgia. Coming out of high school, this was a big-time recruit. I think rivals had him as one of the top 30 players in the entire country, regardless of position. Never really lived up to those expectations during his time at Georgia, uh, partly due to injuries, uh, and uh, but a very smooth athlete. He's got excellent hands. He had a one-handed catch in practice. Uh, that uh, the first day of practice that was one of the highlights of the day and his situation kind of reminds me a little bit uh, of Stefan Diggs who very similar coming out of high school they thought he was the next Percy Harvin he had all this hype but just could not stay healthy and, and wound up having a disappointing college career for the most part slid a little bit in the draft but had a great rookie season for the Minnesota Vikings Maybe Malcolm Mitchell can kind of take a page out of that book and follow in his footsteps. So I think Mitchell kind of put himself on the map as a guy to keep an eye on here going forward in this pre-draft process. So those are a few of my thoughts. Now, I'm just going to get into some some news and notes uh, from the weigh-in because, of course, that's a big part of the week, too. It's our first chance to really get a, a good look at, at, at some of these guys. And I think the player who stood out the most is LaRaven Clark, the offensive tackle from Texas Tech, who I had just right on that day two, day three fringe in my initial rankings. But boy, I mean, in, in terms of physical tools, this guy looks the part. He's 6'5 and 5'8, 312 pounds. He had the longest arms of anyone in attendance, 36 and a quarter inch arms, 85 and 7 eighths inch wingspan, uh, were both the longest of anybody at the Senior Bowl this year. Uh, just just how you draw it up. Also, a really good athlete. Now, the play sometimes is up and down. There's flashes of good, and there's flashes of bad, but I've seen teams take chances on worse blockers with less potential than LaRaven Clark in the top 100. So I will not be at all surprised if he comes off the board somewhere on day two, and uh, and I think I, I think those, those enticing measurables from the weigh-in definitely uh, – cause people to kind of stand up and take notice because uh, you just don't see many guys with that type of length, uh, not to mention athleticism to go along with it. Uh, Sean Oakman, of course, a defensive end from Baylor. Uh, he, he looked the part like we thought. Uh, he's ripped. He's 6'7 half, 269 pounds. There again, long arms, great wingspan, big hands. 
Uh, kind of a thin lower body, though. Uh, you can tell he, he skips leg days once in a while to, uh, to focus on that upper body. But, uh, you know, struggled on the field again. Didn't really make that impact. And that's kind of the, 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 the tale with Oakman. And I think both him and Daddy Nicholas from Virginia Tech, two guys who coming into the, their senior campaigns were getting labeled as potential top 100 overall picks, I think now it's to the point where they're both likely day three picks. And at some point, some team's going to take a flyer on them just because you hope the light's going to come on and, and maybe you can get a value pick. But ultimately, the, the performance on the field just does not justify taking either with a premium draft pick, regardless of how good they look uh, at a weigh-in or, or how athletic they are and how well they're going to do in workouts. So I think that's something uh, important to, to keep an eye on there with, uh, with those two guys, two big names, but not necessarily the top prospects that some thought they would be at, at, at one point at least. Uh, just a couple other guys I'll mention. Jason Spriggs, offensive tackle from Indiana. In my Senior Bowl preview podcast, I actually mentioned him as my kind of pick as the offensive lineman who's going to move up and maybe uh, uh, sneak into that back end of the first round and, and got off to a good start. Uh, I, I think he's he's it, there's still a ways to go. It's, it's still very early in the process here, but I think he – he took a big first step towards uh, accomplishing that, that goal. And then last but not least, I'm going to talk about Noah Spence, uh, who, to nobody's surprise, had a great day of practice. Uh, there's no doubt that he has a talent. I think anybody who's seen him play knows what type of, of potential Noah Spence possesses. Uh, it, it's just... It, he has nothing to prove really on the field, although he did weigh in at 254 pounds, which is down a little bit from the last time that he was measured, according to what I've been told. Uh, I'm sure he, what he did was he cut some weight because he wanted to showcase himself as an outside linebacker prospect as well, a guy who could stand up and, 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 and bend off the edge that way. And so far that mission's been accomplished, but uh, the, the, the big question marks with Spence are going to be answered off the field when he's meeting with these teams in uh, and, and, and interviewing, he needs to convince them that his troubles are behind him and that's not going to be an issue going forward because if he were clean off the field, he's a slam dunk top half of the first round prospect. Uh, I, and clearly one of the most talented pure pass rushers in this entire draft. It's just how early is a team willing to take a risk? I, but one thing Spence has working in his favor is compo- compared to to maybe a guy like Janoris Jenkins a few years back who wound up slipping into the second round, even though he was considered by most to be a first-round talent, is Spence a little bit more of the prototypical physical tools, but more so than that, he's a pass rusher. And uh, and you just cannot underestimate uh, how desperate teams are for guys who can get off the quarterback. And Noah Spence, boy, he, he is just a dynamic weapon uh, in that aspect of the game and that's going to make him a pretty valuable commodity on draft day and I I can't say I don't know how these interviews are going we'll see but I guess I would be surprised if he's not a first round pick just based on what I've seen of him on film I don't know anything about him as a person um, but but based on the film (laughs) I have a hard time imagining him slipping all the first round and if he does it'll be because teams still are concerned that maybe his his uh the issues that troubled him in the past are could rear their ugly head again, but, but as a player, no doubts. I mean, might be, might be the third best defensive end in this class behind only Joey Bosa and DeForest Buckner, two guys who are going to come off the board in the, certainly in the top 10, maybe the top five overall picks. 
Uh, so I just can't say enough about Noah Spence, the player, and I, I hope he I hope he uh, uh, he does have his head on straight and and he is focused on fulfilling his potential because he is one heck of a player. So with that, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening and want to remind you all again to subscribe to the Draft Countdown podcast if you don't already, so you can get all the latest episodes as soon as they're available. And with that, I'm going to call the show. And as of right now, there are 92 days, six minutes. 13, second, 13 minutes and 37 seconds left until the 2016 NFL Draft. Tick-tock.